Well, hey, um, if you got your Bible tonight, um, we're going to be in Genesis. We're going to start off in Genesis. But um, so last week we started talking about uh, we're, we're talking through this series called Deaf Mountains. And we talked about last week um, if to, to really live a fulfilling, purpose filled life, we need to live a faith filled life. And so last week we talked about what does it look like to live a faith-filled life. And so we talked about Hebrews 11.1, and it says this, Faith shows us the reality of what we hope for, and it's the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. You see, living a faith-filled life is about a willingness to step out of our comfort so that we can step into purpose. And that's what we talked about last week. We talked about living a faith-filled life. And we talked about uh, Abraham, and we highlighted Abraham, and we spoke about him last week. But faith in our lives is a journey. So last week, we talked about Abraham and and, um, how God didn't give Abraham the whole plan for his life. He didn't lay out everything he's supposed to do, every single step, step by step by step. He just showed him peace by piece, moment by moment. And God isn't going to give us either the whole plan for our life. He's not going to say, here's where you start, and here's where you're going to end, and here's how everything looks in between. God doesn't do that. That's not how he works. He's not going to give us the whole plan. What he's going to do is he's going to reveal pieces, and he's going to reveal steps to the plan to help us to to, to, to help us to learn to live by faith. And so, so tonight, we're going to jump back into Abraham's life, and we're going to gain a little bit more insight of what a faith-filled life looks like. Everybody ready for that? Yeah. Is everybody ready for that? Yeah. Give me some snaps if you're ready. Okay. Good. Because sometimes when we're talking about living a faith-filled life, the first thing I want you to write down, the first thing I want you to know is, is sometimes it's hard to live for us to live a faith-filled life when it seems like God doesn't seem to be coming through for us. See, there's a lot of things we want. There's a lot of things we ask for. There's a lot of things we hope for and the other things that we want to happen. And so sometimes what we're thinking is that God's not coming through for us. And so I want you to look at Genesis 15, verse 1 tonight, and and we're continuing to talk about Abraham. And it says this, Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Don't be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you. And your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. It was a huge deal back in these days for your, your family to inherit your, your wealth, for, to, for your family to inherit everything that you own. Abraham didn't have a child. He, him and his wife, Sarah, weren't able to have children. And so he was, he was, he was hurting because he's going to have to take everything that he earned and give it to someone else. And, he's, and so um, then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir. For you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. And then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. How many of you guys, have you ever tried to count the stars? Yeah. Like it's, it's impossible. 
Like there are so many. So you're sitting there staring at the sky and you're like, there's a star, there's a star. And then you look again and there's like, there's more stars. And it's, it's so near impossible to count all the stars. And so he's, uh, God is saying this to Abram. He says, count all the stars if you can. And he says, that's how many descendants or family members that you're going to have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. See, what do you do when you step out in faith? Or what do you do when you risk something for God? Or what do you do when you step out in your purpose? And, and, and maybe we don't see happen what we think is going to happen. Or maybe we don't quite step out into our purpose. And still, the, the thing that, um, that we want most in life isn't really seeming to come our way. See, God knows what we want. God knows the desires of our heart. He knows everything that we need and everything that we desire. But he knows even more than that. He knows what we need when we need it. Because a lot of times we're like, hey, I need these things. I got to have these things. But if we were to gain all these things that we're asking for, it actually wouldn't be a good thing for us. And so God knows what we need when we need it. So Isaiah 55, 8, 8 and 9, God is, this is God. He's saying this. He said, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. See, living a faithful life is about a willingness to trust in that, that God's timing is always the best timing. And I want you to hear that again. It's willing to know and to trust that God's timing is always the best timing. The next thing I want you to know is we don't like to be patient. How many like extreme, are there any extremely patient people in this room? You're very, no, I, I know that's wrong. Is there anybody here that's like super impatient? Yeah, you get impatient about things. Like patience isn't easy for most of us in this room. Like typically when things are taking too long or they're not happening how we want them to happen, a lot of times what we do, and maybe you're with me on this, we try to force things to happen or we try to get things to speed up. Um, how many of you guys like, and, and maybe this is me, I hate grocery shopping. Like it is the absolute worst. And maybe one of these days when you're old and you're living on your own and you're married or whatever, when you have to grocery shop for yourself, you'll understand these things. But I'll, I'll, I'll be leaving the church. Head up, Kristen will call me up. Hey, could you pick up some things for the store for me? I'm like, oh, Jesus, no. I hate grocery shopping. So, so she's like, even if it's like um, pick up some tomato soup. I'll go to the store, I'll walk down the soup aisle, and I'm like, oh. have you guys ever walked down the soup aisle? There's like cans of soup from wall to wall. It's unbelievable. And so she's like, pick up tomato soup. And so I'm like, okay. So I walk to the area where there's tomato soup. There's Hunt's tomato soup. There's Heinz tomato soup. There's Great Value brand. There's... Campbell's tomato soup, and I'm like, oh, no. So I'm calling Kristen. Hey, what brand of tomato soup do you want? And so she's like, just pick one out. So I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. So I pick one. So I go to grab one. And then there are different sizes of cans. And I'm calling her again. 
What size of tomato soup can do? And I'm, I get so frustrated. I hate the process of grocery shopping because I will. I promise every single thing on that list, I will call for every single thing on that list. I, I don't send me to the store. Or, or maybe, maybe for you, for those older students, older people in this room, maybe your patience gets really tested when you're driving, right? Like, I need an intervention with Jesus when slow people drive in the fast lane. Like, I am going to lose it on somebody. Or, or when they drive off the road and get flat tires. Like, it's... it's Man, we, I, but here's the deal. We don't like to be patient. If you're waiting in line somewhere, you're like, oh, I've got to go. Like, you're, you walk up to the speedy checkout line at the store, and you're like, nobody's speedy, right? And you're like, you, it's like 10 items or less, and you're like counting other people's items. Do you have 11? Like, like it's, you're going, anyways, patience. Genesis 14. Um, uh, Verses 1 through 4 and, and, and then chapter 15, what this is talking about, and I'm not going to read the whole thing due to time, but what this is talking about, um, so Sarah, Abram's wife, she's not able to have children. And, and I don't know if you guys know this, in, at this time in Abraham and Sarah's life, do anybody know how old they are? Yeah. They're like 100 years old. And obviously people lived to different ages at this time, but they couldn't have children. And they already knew that God promised them a child. And they've been trying for years to have, child, to have a child, and they just couldn't. They just couldn't. So finally, um, Abraham, Sarah's wife, she was like, you know what? We have, this, we have this slave girl. Maybe we could have a child through her. And so they try to take matters into their own hands, and they do end up having a child with this other girl, and, and, and with her name was Hagar, and she became pregnant, and Hagar knew she became pregnant. And um, it says, verse 15, so Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. So living a faith-filled life has a lot more to do with trust than anything. Abraham and Sarah... God told them that he wasn't going to give them a son, but they just couldn't wait. They couldn't be patient. They couldn't just simply trust God that he was going to make it happen. And so sometimes what we do is we try to take matters in, my, in our own hands. Like, this isn't happening on my time frame. This isn't happening how I like it to happen. And so, so and, and I want you to know, often we mistake God's silence for absence. But God is never absent. God is never absent. God is always aware of every situation. And we have to trust that God has our best intentions in mind. And so what do we do when we don't get what we want? We begin to doubt. That's the next thing I want you to know. We begin to doubt. Genesis 17, 17 and 19, it says this. Then Abram bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How many of you guys have been so like in disbelief? You're like, you just can't help but laugh. Like, it's just such a bizarre thing. I cannot believe this is happening. And you're trying to laugh to keep from crying, maybe. But like, and he says this, how could I become a father at the age of 100? I actually don't know how that happens either. But, and, and how can Sarah have a baby when she's 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, may Ishmael live under your special blessing. But God replied, 
No, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to you a son, and you will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. See, the biggest obstacle when we're trying to live a faith-filled life is doubt. When we're trying to live a life full of faith and we're totally trusting God, and we're totally trying to be reliant on God. What next step do you want me to take? God, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to respond to this? How do you want me to act in this situation? And a lot of times, maybe we don't get the answer immediately when we want it. And so sometimes what we do is we begin to doubt. God, do you really care? God, are are you hearing me? God, do you understand the pain and the pressure and the hurt that I'm going through right now? So you can't have a faith-filled life without a little uncertainty. That's why it's called faith. If we were 100% certain about everything, we would never have a need for faith. See, I honestly believe that some of our biggest problem in believing in God is doubt. We're so worried that we're going to look foolish that we're just paralyzed to move in our faith. See, how, how do I know that this is what I'm supposed to do? How do I know that I'm moving in faith? How do I know that I'm doing the right things? And here's the deal. You can't know. You can't know for sure. It's not faith if you could figure it all out. Let me help you understand this. You you stand paralyzed, and we don't act because we, we want to be exactly sure about everything. We want to be sure that everything's going to be okay. And I want you to know that you can't do that. You can't do that because faith begins where understanding ends. See, when God nudged you and you were supposed to invite someone to church, what if they make fun of me? What what if they don't believe in God? What if they don't believe in these things? That's where faith starts. I know I'm supposed to share my faith about Jesus, but, but what am I supposed to say? That's where faith starts. See, where your understanding ends is where your faith begins. See, here's what we want to do. We want to understand it all, and we want to know how it's going to all turn out before we start taking a step in faith. That's not how faith works. See, God's delayed blessings are always better than your forced fulfillment. God's delayed blessings are always better than our forced fulfillment. Genesis 21, verse 5, it says, Abraham was 100 years old when his son was born, when Isaac was born. If he would have just waited, if he could have just believed in faith, the God who created everything, the moon, the stars, the heavens, the earth, you and me, if he could have just held for just a moment, sometimes we get so impatient and we just can't wait. And God wants to give you the greatest blessing. That's the greatest thing that Abraham ever desired was to have a son. And if he would have just waited, if he would have just had faith in God and trusted God, God wants to give him his greatest desire. I want us to to challenge you uh, for us to be working on, to be building our faith so that we can live a faith-filled life. See, and, and then we have to, to live a faith-filled life that can trust God's timing. Because a lot of times we're like, we're like babies. I want it now. 
But we really, we have to trust God's timing and we have to trust that God has a purpose and he's got a plan. And if he's going to wait for a moment, then that means we have to wait and we need to have that patience. And the last thing I want you to know tonight is that um, faith will force vulnerability in your life. See, a lot of times we don't want to be vulnerable. We want to be the tough person. We want to be the tough guy. We don't want to seem like we're vulnerable at all. But faith will force your vulnerability. You, you can't be safe in faith. And, and in my life, I knew as a very young child that I was called by God and that he had a purpose and he had a plan for my life. And, and I, I knew that what I was going to be doing, I was going to be doing this being a pastor. And, I, and I've got to be honest, even as a little kid, even though I ran from it and I didn't want to do it, I believed every bit of it. I believed it. I believed that that's what God's call was on my life. But do you know when my faith, when my faith became vulnerable is when I took that step and I told someone about it. Is when I took that step and I told my leaders, I told my, my parents, I told my, my, my pastors, I told my friends. And, and when I told them about God's plan for my life, and I knew they were, they were, or there was gonna be like two, one of two responses. They were gonna be like, he's lost his mind. Or they're gonna be like, wow, maybe God can. And I gotta tell you the responses I got from my leaders, from my family, from my friends, when they responded to me, I could see that in your life. I could see you doing that in your life. See, my vulnerable faith in that moment turned into a solid faith. It turned into a, a solid faith and it confirmed my faith and it strengthened my faith in God. I want you to hear this and, and I, I found this verse and, and it's amazing, Lamentations 3, 25 and 20 to 27. It says this, I want you to hear this tonight. It said, God proves to be so good to the man who passionately waits. Men in this room, it's difficult to wait sometimes. It's a really a struggle to wait for God's plan. It's for God's purpose. But here's what he's calling us to do. He's calling us to passionately wait. Now, how do you passionately wait? Well, you do that by, by still chasing. You may not know the answer, but you still chase after God with everything that you've got trusting and knowing and believing that he's going to reveal that plan to you. And then it says this, to the woman who diligently seeks. Ladies, be women who, who diligently, continually seek after God. You may not know the full plan. You may not know your full purpose. You may be waiting in faith to see what God wants to do in your life. But he says, diligently, continually seek he says, it's a good thing to quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. Tonight, God's asking us to be people of faith. He's asking us to trust him in all things, in, in, in the small things and in the big things in our lives, to the callings and the purpose and our plans to our lives, to what we need to do stepping into our school tomorrow to how we go to bed tonight, how we spend the Lord. He's asking us to be faithful. So tonight, we're just gonna take a, a quick moment.